Hey guys, I'm Lance. And I'm Kayla. We are the Jaded Roses, and this is our Broken Mirror. Where we dive deep down and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us. Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly. Welcome to our fourth and hopefully final installment, because we can't keep this going forever, no. of our Beastars miniseries. And this one, we're again, hopefully going to cover everything that we haven't managed to. Uh, we're definitely taking a deep dive into Louis and his character. We will mention Juno because she's important, I guess. Mm. <laughs> and we'll probably revisit Legacy and Haru along the way. The just noise you made after saying, having to say, I guess. <laughs> it's like you just, you, like you had a dry cough just trying to get her out of your, like her spirit out of your soul just then. I don't want her name in my mouth. Oh, wow. Shocking. I mean, she's <laughs> an ideal character. <laughs> ideal. Nothing's wrong. Totally not a fucking cunt. Yeah, I mean, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not that much, because I like you. <laughs> when you upset me, I could relate. <laughs> Actually, you know, even then, like, we'll talk about it, but Juno's psychotic. Like, she's not psychotic, but she's... More so manipulative, but again, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I guess I'm not that way, usually. I'll just tell you your fuck face to your face. Yeah. Instead of manipulating you, because I don't got time for that. I can't, I'm going to die soon. I'm 50 fucking four. I'm going to die. So <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time on you. Sorry. Juno's a, a ripe, bold 16. Mm-hmm. Young bitch. Not gray, gray wolf. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We'll, we'll get back to Juno. Yeah. She's not as important as Dear Daddy. Oh, yes. Oh, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry to have concerns about Lance's sexual tendencies towards these characters. <laughs> because, like, I know I said in the last episode, like, about him fisting uh, Legoshi's mouth, but my god, you are in this. <laughs> Look, I can't help a nickname fits. That's true. I guess we can start with just, he's Louis. Oh my god, you sounded like every 90s main character of a teenage rom-com. He's just Louis. But... He's very, very concerned with appearances. Mm. He has to be seen as strong, and we'll get into why, but he can't bear to be seen as having a weakness. He cannot stand being pitied even when he's not being pitied. If he perceives it, he doesn't like it. Same. Yes, <laughs> y'all do share that. The biggest thing with that is that he seems to have this attraction to Legoshi because... I guess because he sees Legoshi as what society thinks he should be. Ooh, yeah. And we kind of mentioned this in the last episode about my headcanon that I hope gets confirmed later on that something with Legoshi's parents has made him reject being a carnivore. Yeah. But Louis is sort of the literary antithesis to that. And is the one challenging him to bring it out. Oof. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack. He's he's a lot to unpack as a, just a person in general. Especially with his arm all the way up in your uvula. 
I guess before we we should probably get the backstory like out of the way because it's it's kind of heavy. It's heavy, but it's necessary to, for everyone to know so that way it makes sense as we talk. We're not just telling you sad shit to know sad shit, even though that's totally on brand for us. <laughs> but this time it's actually relevant. This time it's actually relevant to the story. <laughs> so Louis was born without a name. He was number four, bred specifically for consumption at the black market. And one day while he was basically waiting on death row, a an adult deer came, saw potential in him, and bought his freedom. And apparently, deer daddy's deer daddy doesn't know how to deer daddy. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm not sure if it's literal, but the imagery that we get is that he threw him into a pit full of carnivores with a knife and said, have at it at the ripe age of, I think, four or five is what they Mm -hmm. said. Yeah. Being confronted with multiple carnivores and only a knife, Louis's choice was to kill himself. Yeah. Dear Daddy's Dear Daddy yanked him back and was like, you would seriously kill yourself before you fight and this, that, and the other. And apparently that was the right answer. I don't know. Ugh, that's a lot to unpack just right there. Yeah, because that was the right answer, though. The, you know, the the good buzzer went off and uh, Louis got himself adopted. Because that's how adoption works in the U.S. for everyone. Well, I think this is set in Japan, but... <laughs> this is set in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Japan is weird. Yeah. Are y'all okay? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Like, it's, I don't think anywhere's adoption policy is probably okay, to be frank. But that's another yeah, topic for another Clearly day. some places are better than Elevator of Death. That's true. That's true. You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> I don't know why my first thought was that it was America, but I guess because my first thought is always like, we're so shitty. This has to be set there. <laughs> Meanwhile, my thought was because you have an uh, American-centric brain. <laughs> we are taught from an early age to think that America is everything and everything is America. Unless it's not. Well, it's like one of those things where it's like, I I know that it's made in Japan, but my brain literally was just like, it's so shitty, it has to be in America. Right, everything is so bad, it has to be here. Look, it's been a rough few years, like, it's been a rough decade for the US. Decade? Like, it's been a long time, but I'm just trying to give myself some time to realize, like, I used to be a child and none of this was known to me. Well, it was still bad, though. Oh, no, it was still bad. I just did I wasn't aware because I was five. Was fully unaware. Yeah, I was five. Yeah. I had Barbies. I didn't know anything better, which was the life. Yeah, so after that obviously traumatic experience, yeah. Dear Daddy's Dear Daddy decided to sculpt him into a fine, upstanding citizen, which I think all things considered, he didn't do too bad of a job. But Louis is slightly psychopathic. Yeah. I love that about him. Kind of mentioned a couple episodes ago. But this is why he can't stand to be pitied. He has to be seen as strong because he started out his life literally as a helpless piece of meat. And now he wants to be the B-star, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Well, like, uh, the mayor, because, like, the person that adopted him was a B-star. He's, like, the most powerful man in the city or something like that there was, there was something along those lines like i think he's the mayor of the city i mean as far as we know his adoptive father yeah. is still alive but the mayor's the lion i thought the whoa wait okay yeah. 
I'm gonna have a real. I'm gonna express this, and I'm gonna. I'm sure you're gonna be like, "What the actual fuck's wrong with you?" I thought this whole time the lion was Louis's daddy. Oh, uh, why? Like the adoptive dad. Like I thought he was the one. Because lions have antlers, huh? I did mean, uh, like biological. I'm. I literally meant his adoptive dad. No, yeah, but it was the deer that went down there and got him that is his adoptive dad. Why am I... I don't know. Okay, so I don't know what my brain did. <laughs> oh my god. This whole time, I just remember it as the lion went down and did it. That's all I remember. Like, I, I wrote notes like that, man. I thought this whole time it was the lion. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I'm not sure either, because it was definitely a deer. My brain literally doesn't remember it being a deer. Like, I'm trying to recall it, and my brain is replacing it with the lion. Well, at this point, we rewatched the series, like, four weeks ago. So. Yeah. Well, like, I that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't... Maybe it's that. I My brain is literally just like, no, it's the lion, man. He's he, it's, like, it's like telling me, like, no, it's the lion. The lion. <laughs> Who else would it be? Yeah. We haven't met this character yet, so we place it with one we know. <laughs> Maybe that's what my brain's doing, because my brain, for those of you without context, my brain is not really working very well today, and I haven't been speaking or hearing correctly for, like, a week now. And so, this just <laughs> adds Wires to- Wires got crossed, it's okay. Okay, so it's not the lion, everyone. Don't listen to me about that. He- Louis' daddy is not the lion. But, imagine if that was the case. That would be interesting, given how he approaches carnivores. Yep. I don't know. I, oh, maybe that's why. Again, we'll talk. We can talk about this later. But um, since it's Louis later, though, I I think that's why is because of the fact like the way Louis acts is like that bratty little versus their dad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That I think that's why I thought of it. It's like him bucking up to his dad a lot of the time. Yeah, but indirectly because yeah. he knows that his dad would be like what he owes his life to. Exactly. So I think that's what my like when you said that I was like maybe that's why I kept thinking like that because like it's just he's so confident when he goes up against the carnivores i'm like man i like that but i'm damaged so you have to be very damaged <laughs> so yes dear daddy's dear daddy is a deer mm-hmm. but we can definitely highlight more than a few spots in the season where louis character just really fucking shines through a lot of them we've already touched on i think the first one that we get is when he breaks his leg yeah rescuing zoe from falling off the stage in the dark and when it finally comes to light that he broke his leg like really badly and he's been walking on it for at least a day he thinks that he's being pitied when people are like oh you need to get better really soon and you know we should probably plan for the show like a replacement just in case you're not better by then and he gets like hyper offended because they feel bad for him yeah I'm sorry you broke your leg i like <laughs> i mean yeah i think it's one of those definitely those times though where you just he didn't want to have a weakness. He was already weak mm-hmm. to the world around him and everything because he was a deer. He was a herbivore. You know, to add to it, he's now this wounded animal. And for most people, like you and I grew up in the South. So if you've ever ran into a deer, you usually need to do something with it. <laughs> to, uh, because it wasn't going to live out there usually. Or like right. if a horse broke its leg and it was like too far gone, like stuff like that. So it's one of those things where it's like you're seen as a wounded animal that you need to be put out of your misery. Like even though they don't have hunters, like they still have that mentality. 
So I think it's one of those scenarios with the, like, looking around and be like, how can everyone just sit here and pretend to be, like, concerned and nice when they're really just mocking me and mocking the fact that I'm now wounded and I'm less than. Yeah, that's the kind of energy that Louis has, definitely, mm-hmm. is, like, he doesn't... It's not that he doesn't want to be pitied. He sees pity as, like someone making fun of him because of how he came up. Yes. Pretty much anything um, resembling kindness, usually. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's usually regarded him as a mockery. It's another way of just looking down on him because no matter what he sees, being ill or being weak as you're literally a weakness to yourself and to everyone else around you where he wants to be like the B-star. He wants to be the next best thing to come into society and to prove that he was a worthy life to save. Yeah, that's another thing because I definitely feel like, I feel like given his general personality, he probably would have preferred Dear Daddy's Dear Daddy to end up taking another deer. Yeah. You know, that's before he like evolved into this hyper self-confident. Yeah. Well, plus... He probably always thought, too, if he ever made him upset or disappointed him, he could easily go back down and be surrounded Mm -hmm. again. Especially with the records still showing that that's where he came from. Yes. And again, he doesn't want to be seen as lesser than, lower than anyone else. Like we've said before, he has a real thing about image. And so he needs to be seen as, you know, this dominant personality. He is engaged to another deer Mm -hmm. who he is cheating on with Haru. But he needs that look. He needs that prestige of being a, like, a homo, what is, animal. (laughs) Homo species. Homo species. I was like, what do you do with this <laughs> because again interspecies was not it, the series never really touched on it but i believe it's based on all the rules between herbivores carnivores is very taboo to do which he knows and so again he wants to be this next leader of the community so he needs the look like he has his dad who's this like prominent person in society who's powerful and all these things so he needs to be exactly like that and to he needs to marry well into another prominent family so that way he's continually pushing it and so he's all about that image and again like everyone looking down on him because he's ill it's not like he was you know getting out of a surgery or something like that he broke his damn leg yeah it's not like he was donating a kidney where he could be like looked at as a hero mm-hmm. even though they did like give him problems they're like i can't believe you performed with a broken leg like that was really dangerous you know that was a great performance but like you really could have damaged yourself permanently by doing that to yourself and so oh. he doesn't like the concern again he feels mocked they're like looking down on him because he walked through an injury yeah he wasn't taking care of the injury at all because again like like, if he bought the things or did whatever, he would be acknowledging the fact that he's severely hurt and needs more than just... To power through. Yeah, the beginner's first aid and a power through. Like, there's a difference in pain and in what's happening to your body. Yeah, I feel like the phrase that can sum up Louis's personality, just in a nutshell, is probably second place isn't silver second place is the first loser Ooh. yeah i forget where i adapt that from but that's it's what louis makes me think of that general idea yeah which i think as two supposedly gifted people we used to be in younger years we can attest that Burn that's out former gifted kid <laughs> burnout former gifted kid <laughs> So I think we can both agree, like, I can understand that sentiment. Yes. (laughs) 
If I'm not first, why did I even fucking bother? If I don't have the A, why did I even bother coming to school? <laughs> I cried for getting a B once. Like, it was a B on a test, so I thought I was going to get an A for the class. I still got an A for the class, but I was so panicked. It was an issue in my family for that time being in my household. <laughs> I think I might be able to one-up you a little bit. Oh, please. Since we're, since we're in that space. Yeah. So when I was in seventh grade, I had six classes. I can't remember if it was progress reports or report cards. So either halfway through the semester or at the end of a semester. Yeah. Or a nine weeks, I guess. But they were coming out and they always gave it to us, mm-hmm. made us take it home, get our parents to sign mm-hmm. it and bring it back. I had always had this problem with my reading teacher. I'm not going to outright accuse her of being... A bitch? I mean, she was a bitch. Okay. But like, I'm not going to outright accuse her of being like discriminatory. Oh boy. But I was not the only one Uh that felt that if you were white, you were not favorited at all. There was no lit up heart on your page. And if you were a male, Mm -hmm. you were never getting a lit up heart. Oh, okay. And so I had always had this like struggle with her because like, I was a fucking gifted kid. I got all the good grades. Yeah. And so these reports come out, whether it's progress or report cards, and I'm looking down at my grades and I'm like, oh, 100, 100. And I mean, like, these are averages. Mm-hmm. 100, 100, 100, oh my God. 100, 99.9. I, no, you did. 99.9. <laughs> I, I took that home. Uh-huh. Like, I shut down. I just, like, I shut down that day. My mom uh-huh. near about threw a fit. She wanted to call the school. Wow. Because, I mean, she saw all my grades that I got. Mm-hmm. And yes, most of them were complete straight up hundreds. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my God. That, like, that was stressful. <laughs> and then there was also the time that that same year, it was for my social studies class, we had a project. Mm-hmm. that we had to do in class it was something about like constructing our own egyptian sarcophagus oh yeah or at least like drawing it on paper or whatever yeah i turned mine in and apparently i misunderstood what the teacher requested of me because she gave it back to me and apparently said take this home and finish it but that's not what i heard because i was finished oh so i took it home thinking i got a hundred. Oh no and like let my mom cut it out of the paper it was on and like we framed it and everything. Oh. And so we get report cards and I'm borderline failing because of that fucking project. Oh my God. And she didn't say like, I remember you trying to turn it in. Yeah. She never mentioned it again. Wow. And so when I brought that grade home, my mom definitely called the fucking school. Yeah. And raised 20 kinds of hell. I have never heard my mom cuss so much since after that meeting because apparently that teacher she was so fucking combative really to my mom yeah and like like my mom has recounted the story many times to me she was like the whole time all i was trying to get across to her was there is no way that you said what you needed to say to him clearly because he obviously came home and had no idea what you wanted him to do yeah there was something about I had to like give it back to her or redo it something mm-hmm. and it got fixed but just like that was bad. Wow. That was also the year I got hit in the head with a golf club. That was a bad year. <laughs> Not a great year, no. But anyway, getting back to to B stars. Mm-hmm. The next like big thing that happens that we really get to see Louis's personality really really shine other than the two run-ins with Legacy in his dressing room would be the confrontation with Bill on stage mm-hmm. and then after. Mhm. 
which we have already talked about quite extensively. But despite being hurt, getting up on the stage and being like, you're having too much fun up here. Get the fuck off my stage. Mm-hmm. And then trying to make sure Legacy doesn't reveal to the audience that his back is clawed to hell. Yeah. And then later pulling the, the power move of, no, it was all according to plan. <laughs> Don't fuck this up. I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that moment so much. It's great because... Because, like, he likes the spotlight and everything. But Legoshi does not, so he hated it. And Bill likes the spotlight, he just doesn't know what to do with the spotlight. There you go. So it's like watching two very uncoordinated toddlers interact with media. No, yeah, definitely. And, of course, I feel like we also have to revisit the the fisting incidents. Oh, yeah, we can talk about fisting. I can't remember if I quoted it in the last episode, but this power bottom's got issues. He does. It's accurate. Like, he's well aware that if Legacy had the gumption, Mm -hmm. he'd be dead. Mm -hmm. So he literally flirts with that. He loves to flirt with that. Again, it's because it's one of those power plays, like you said. He likes to play with the power, himself being the herbivore, and he's supposed to be afraid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, trying to be like, no, I'm not afraid of you. You're nothing. Or like, you know, you're something, but you try not to be. And why is that? What's wrong with you? I think it's also interesting because mm-hmm. I think the big reason why Louis gets so worked up with how Legacy acts is because Legacy keeps himself docile to seem less threatening to herbivores. Yes. Which in and of itself assumes that herbivores believe that he is like superior to them because he can kill them at any point. And because... Legacy walks around not owning his carnivore ship and puts on full display Mm -hmm. how he feels about herbivores indirectly or directly. Louis gets pissed off because as he is docile toward Louis, that is him acknowledging that Louis, at least in Louis's mind, Mm -hmm. is inferior. Yeah. And so he, he being Louis, Mm -hmm. tends to act in a way that asserts a dominance. Oh, definitely. Well, if you're going to be submissive... I'll show you. Mm-hmm. I'll show you how it's done. I also think it gives him a safety net in a way. It provides him with a cloak of safety from the world itself. He gives off the air of untouchable, basically. Yeah. The only one that gets to see anything else from him is Haru. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like, even when he did perform, the crowd reacted like crowds react to, like, their favorite artists going on stage or something. Like, just. Mm-hmm crazy they went so he is like the superstar which just adds to his ability to appear more elusive and to keep people away and to keep his ground against a lot of the people around him because again like everyone wants him to fail like bill wants him to fail he wants to be the b-star even though he has no other reasons except he wants to be and he just wants to be louis you know we see like all these different things but that's just what my, my thought is regarding that at least i feel that We mentioned it briefly in the Haru episode, Mm -hmm. but we get reinforcement of his dependence on image in the flashback where he meets Haru for the first time Mm. when his antlers shed early and he seeks refuge in the garden. I mean, it's, it's fitting with his character. Like, they shed early. I hate this. Yeah. I ordered more, but they're not here yet. Mm -hmm. I'll pay you if you just let me stay here. It was interesting in the sense that he, for some reason, felt 
he didn't wait long to sleep with Haru. Mm-mm. And like, don't get me wrong, I know she was in a habit of kind of throwing herself at some men, but it was very easy for him to let his guard down with her because she was so isolated as a person. Yeah, I think I think he feels almost like a kindred spirit yeah. with her, where his isolation is much more voluntary, or I guess reactionary. Yeah, I think reactionary is a better word for that, yeah. And hers is more like forced upon her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they hook up after, I think it was two days. I think it was two days, yeah. Woohoo! In another flashback, you see her... I think it was flashback. I may be incorrect on that one. You see them together, and she says something, and his reaction is, like, you know, you knew I was engaged. Like, you knew what the situation was. And she's, like, trying to calm him down and be like, I didn't say anything about that. I know that's the situation. Because it it is that she mentions that she's working the gardening club kiosk at the festival. Yeah. And she says that she's got a lot of preparing to do, and she's got to make money, because the gardening club can't afford to just oh run. yeah somebody's got to run it yeah he offers to pay for it and she's like no i just need your love and that's oh, when he stands up that's what like, it was okay you know what the situation is okay i forgot all the feelings involved <laughs> yeah yeah but the spirit of the conversation was Haru was talking about one thing and then louis stands up and is like Mer-mer-ner. yeah and that's that was what i was trying to get across because i think that's interesting because i've had that happen to me numerous times it's like i'm having conversation a and he's in conversation a for like a little bit but then he responds like he's in question in conversation b all of a sudden we have jerked the steering wheel and we have flown off yes! an overpass and like <laughs> i find that interesting because like i've had this situation before where it wasn't while the person i was with wasn't like having you know a fiance or something on the side it was more like they wanted to keep their options open Mm-hmm. but it's the same thing it's like you know you can because i would say like i okay that's fine i'm doing the same and then if you bring something up it's just reactionary in them that they have a feeling but to distract from having that feeling and to having to address it like for him i think it was feeling bad that he can't be with her mm-hmm. and keeps leading her on when she's already this because isolated it fit with his image mm-hmm. and it will just isolate her more when he's finally married yeah But speaking of their dynamic, I think another reason why he was innately so drawn to her Mm -hmm. is that their first interaction, she literally is like the independent herbivore like he is. Yes. At least what he wants to Mm -hmm. be. Because he's like, you know, I'll pay if you let me stay here. She's just like, I don't need your money. Just, you know, help me around the garden because I know I need that. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she treats him like he needs to be treated when like she goes to put medicine on him or something and he starts wincing it's like okay but you gotta stop because mm-hmm. the medicine's gotta go on or you're never gonna get better no definitely so i feel like that resilience that like this is how it is mm-hmm. and you're gonna let me do what i need to do is something that resonated with him mm-hmm. i totally agree with that because again even though her image and her background doesn't match with what he's trying to put out into the world her personal message as a person matches with him so well. And yeah. that's the core of who he truly is. And so he's like, you know, this is basically one of my ideal partners. Or if you believe in like multiple platonic soulmates, you know, that could be one of your soul- my soulmates. And pretty much, I don't want to break my heart by being isolated anymore. But in the end, I'm going to break her heart because of the fact I have to leave her and be married. It's just interesting that their whole dynamic is very interesting. But speaking of mm-hmm. their dynamic and it being interesting, yes. how about when Legacy gets thrown into the now trap? Oh, yes. Let's <laughs> get your tea, everyone. Get your tea. We are about to start. We'll be sipping. 
First off, everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Literally everybody mm-hmm. in this triangle. Because Legacy shows up and Haru and Louie had just stopped or just finished a, a fuck sesh. Mm-hmm. And Louie goes to open the door and there's Legacy on the other side. I love the initial interaction that they have right outside Haru's door. It's just like, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, are y'all friends? Are you friends? <laughs> She isn't here. I was just in her hut for reasons. Because <laughs> why not? Jesus Christ. <laughs> could we be any more obvious? I believe they could have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. could have. Why are you here? Fucking, why are mm-hmm. you here? Wishing to fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I want to fuck her or eat her, so, you know, there's that. I was thinking a drink. I was thinking a drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really had to hold that until, like, it ended, and then I was like, okay, sip, and then we'll have to... <laughs> figure out <laughs> <laughs> I felt like if I said it then I would choke as it went down I was like I'm drinking I'm drinking <laughs> okay <laughs> you were saying right so then we get this weird interaction between Legacy and Louie where Legacy's like trying to sniff Haru on him and then Louie's trying to discern what the relationship is between Legacy and Haru and it's all just awkward. Yeah, it's very awkward. It's very it's really weird. High school, to be fair. Right, just peak high school drama. And, and peak high school awkwardness around the drama. No one's saying anything, but everyone knows. But we can't say it because then we'll start shit, <laughs> and we're not ready to start the shit yet. Right, Louis is that like popular girl that feels like Loki betrayed, and she's just like. But Becky was my friend. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> she feels very Regina George when Kaylee stole her man, Aaron. Yeah. While she was cheating on- Breaking the sister code. While she's cheating on Aaron. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is Legacy asks him- mm-hmm. He apparently asks him if they are, quote, good friends. And his response is, what did she tell you? <gasps> Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, nothing. Which is true, but the way he says it is very like, oh, just everything. And Louis follows up with, oh, then we're just friends. And it's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. You don't think so? That's not conditional on what legacy knows. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you don't know anything? Oh, okay, then, yeah. Then, yeah. And, of course, Louis tries to push Legacy off on Juno. Oh. Because that would be a better fit for him. Yes. And he, he doesn't see Juno as anything other than a little pipsqueak gray wolf who's, like, a freshman or something, sophomore. Well, the interesting thing is that I think there's no junior class. Because Japanese high school is only three years. Wait, so it just goes freshman, sophomore, senior? Yeah, I think it's freshman, sophomore, senior. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know it's only three years because Haru and Louie are seniors mm-hmm. and they are a year ahead of Legacy, who is a sophomore, and Juno is a freshman. See, okay, so this is where my marionized brain comes in again, I guess, because I thought Legoshi was just a later starter. So like in Tennessee, for example, you're not allowed to start kindergarten if your birthday isn't before a certain day. So like kindergarten starts in like August, you can still enroll until if your birthday's till like in September or something. Yeah. But if it's October through December, you have to wait till the next year. Yeah, exactly. It's something It's something weird like that. So that's why I thought Legoshi was just a late starter somewhere along the lines. 
So I did. I didn't know that. So I just learned something. Yeah, I did. I did have to look that up because I mean, while I was learning Japanese, I know I was exposed to it at some point, but yeah. I couldn't remember. So I looked that up again, and yeah, it's traditionally three years oh, instead of four. Wow, it's amazing how different education systems across the world are. Because again, I had no idea. But yeah, we will definitely circle back to Juno. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just. I know I would prefer to give Dear Daddy his due. Oh, he's treatment. yeah. I know. <laughs> I know you're not done yet. <laughs> I know. Speaking of coming back to Juno, we then have the confrontation between Juno and Louis. Yeah. Which is something. It's honestly, I kind of liked it. It was very interesting to watch. I know you would. It's it's like low key, but also high key, sexually charged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to go there because I was like, I don't think it's really that sexually charged. And then when you said, I'm just like, that's literally what I was thinking. I just didn't want to be that person again, like I usually am on this podcast. Well, that's fine. I will take up that mantle for you. <laughs> because like nothing they're saying is sexually charged, no. but all of the body positions are sexually charged. Body language wise is very sexually charged. But in that confrontation, Juno basically says that she's going to be the next B star. Mm-hmm. She could essentially kill or do away with Louis whenever she sees fit. And Ooh. that I'm pretty sure in that conversation, she also says that Legacy will be hers, which is a weird addition. But yes, well, it's not if you watch <laughs> Louis with Legacy. <laughs> But she she hasn't that much. Like, we have, but she hasn't. No, but I think she also knows, like, I, I mean, like, even if you don't see them together a lot, you kind of get the energy that Legoshi is Louis' bitch, and Louis wants to be Legoshi's bitch. Like, it's, it's all over the place with those two. Like, there's always sexual tension right. there. Like, you don't just fit someone's mouth and not say you usually have sexual <laughs> and, tension with and them. And go back to normal. Yeah, you don't usually do that. Like, I don't know how many people you've been fisting in a mouth lately, Lance. But I know for me and the 25, <laughs> we can't just go back to normal. Some of us can't go back at all. <laughs> Uh, one of the most interesting parts of that interaction mm-hmm. is at the end, because Louis always has to have the last hurrah, the last word, the last laugh. He really does. Yeah. He says, let me tell you about Legacy. Ooh, sorry. That's... That hit Yeah. <laughs> it really did. I'm still like, it's finally getting out of me. It was just a big reaction the way you said that. I was like, ooh. It, it sounds like the biggest showdown's about to happen. And, like, mm-hmm. let me, it's like... It's like, before we begin. Yeah, it's like when the bitch is like, you know what, let me tell you something. Like, when, you know, you stand it up to someone, like, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. And, like, put them in their place. That's literally what it sounded like. And I was just like, oh, girl. Like, I was, because I'm thinking, like, of Louie saying it to Juno just like that. I was like, ooh, it's gonna be a fight. <laughs> someone hold their reins. It actually has... A similar spirit to, I don't know how much uh, Ron White you watched or listened to growing up. Oh, a lot. But there's a bit that he did in one of his specials that was like pretending to be, I think, like his drunk wife. And he's like, let me tell you something about you that you don't know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's that kind of energy. Yeah. But what he says is, let me tell you something about Legacy. You'll struggle a lot with him more than you know. Which plants the seed. It literally just sounds like 
when your man just dumped you and his new girlfriend's coming up to you and being like, you know, stay away from my man. He's mine. And she and you're just like, you can keep him. You don't know what you're about to deal with. Right. You can have him. I've already sampled that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's literally how it sounds. It sounds like such a great showdown. And I just like I, I watched it, but it's just it's just fun to even just talk about. <laughs> well, what else do we need to say about Dear Daddy? We do have his reaction to Haru being taken. Right. That's. I was like, I was remembering something else I wanted to talk about. Yeah. He initially, like, wants to know more. He wants to help. He wants the mayor to help. When the mayor tells him that there's nothing they can do and he tries to buck, he threatens him with blackmail. Mm -hmm. So he inevitably shuts down because he can't have his image tarnished even for the woman he, I don't want to say loves, because I don't think that's what it is. Uh, for for the woman that makes him feel things. I think I would... Okay, so I would say he loves her, not in love with her. Yeah, he cares for her. He's just not... Yeah. He's not in the same position as Lego. Lego, she's in love with her. He wants to be in a romantic love with her. Yes, as as he says, yeah. like the episode before this. Mm-hmm. At least he didn't want to eat her in a bad way. I wonder if he ate her at all. Anyway... <laughs> We'll find out in season two. The resulting fight between Legacy and Louis is interesting. When Louis walks out of the tent, Legacy's like, come on, we have to go save her. Yeah. He's just like, there's literally nothing we can do. And then Legacy proceeds to nearly beat his whole ass into the ground. It was so sweet. Legacy, without skipping a beat, he's like, I know he he will want to come help and do this. So he went to him and was like, this happened, let's go. To be fair, he wasn't wrong. No! But it's it's like one of those things where it just shows you Legoshi really does care for Haru on a ba- mm. the most basic level, and then some, because of the fact he was willing to go to, you know, his romantic rival, basically, and be like, come on, we, we are teaming up because we both love her, we both need her, let's go. Like, she can decide between us at another point as long as she's alive, basically, you know? Right, but she's got to be alive to make the Yeah, choice, exactly. So Ex- no, but exactly. And that's why I'm like, you know, it's one of those times where even though he's like a 17-year-old, you know, he's just showing he he does do actions that are above his age and just shows mm-hmm. what kind of person he is and what kind of life he wants to live, which is he wants people to be safe and like he's willing to do anything to keep the people he cares about most safe. Which was, in, again, in this situation, going to Louie and being like, our girl's in trouble. Come on. We gotta both go. We gotta work together to do this. We must go rescue our lady. Exactly. We cavemen. We do this now. <laughs> we cavemen. We go bunk lion. <laughs> we go bunk lion. But yeah. And then we really don't see much of Louie. There's like a short scene with him and Juno that really doesn't amount to anything. No. Until the end when he shows up and shoots the... Shishigumi boss in the fucking head. Which is just amazing. And then loses his damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it too. I Wow, it just out of, it seemed very out of nowhere. Because like they, they made this such a good show for getting a clear view of what's inside a character's head. Like Legacy's inner monologue is constant. Yeah. Haru's is frequent, not constant, but frequent. Louis, there's like maybe a few scenes. Yeah. And we didn't even get it for the most important transition. No. Well, see, I think this was one of those times where it was just in a moment, it was just the blink of the eye psychotic break. He shoots the Shishigumi boss, 
you know, trying to help save Haru. And mm-hmm. he's upset with Shishigumi for even attacking Haru to begin with. There is something that occurs. I didn't have it in my notes. Oh. But do you remember? We'll see. The last words that Legashi says to Louie before he goes to rescue Haru. No, I don't. So it's clearly in the middle of the fight. Mm-hmm. The other students have pulled them off of each other. Yeah. And they're separated. Mm-hmm. Legashi comments to himself that if Louis only sees one path, then he can't rely on him anymore. And then he verbally says, if you choose to live that life to get to the top, then so be it. But just know, Haru will be mine. <laughs> yeah. And I think Louis said, come again. Yeah. It was definitely when, you know, all the... This- through all the power play Louis was trying to go do to Legoshi, it was the one time Legoshi stood up and said, fucking deal with your shit. Or, like, don't even bother attempting anymore, because no matter what, she's going to be mine. And at this point, you're just right. being ridiculous. You've given up, yeah. and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it's also, like, to be with Haru, you do need to buck a- against social expectations. Yeah. And like, that's Louis' worst ability. He need, he yep. wants that prestige. And Legoshi, though, doesn't have that. He's like, yeah, I'm a wolf, but I don't act the same. I don't do anything the same. So I have a better way to connect with her. And you're only seeing this one path. And if you divert from that one path, you can't do what you said your mind to do. Where if he was really going to be a leader... Like, like he's saying he wants to be, he needs to think of all these options and choose what's the best pathway for the overall being. And like, what's the most logistical thing to handle your life? And he's not thinking usually with the best, he's thinking with the expectation of being higher in life than he currently is. Yeah, They're seeking two completely different types of fulfillment mm-hmm. and... I think Louis has definitely taken Haru's presence in his life for granted. A hundred percent. And so to have that challenged mm-hmm. by Legacy is probably what led to the book. Yes. To be honest. <laughs> well, I think also like, yeah, because like you said, it's, I think it's the, it did push forward the break faster because mm. he was being challenged. And again, if Lego Street's challenging him, someone he believed would be easy, relatively easy to control overall. And, you know, he was kind of like a dog always by Louis' side for a lot of the show. Yeah. It's also kind of like one of those stunning moments where you see someone who you believed wasn't so much weaker, but not as dominant in their own life. And you see him just be like, fuck you, dude. Like, she needs help. I want to be with her. You don't even care. Yet you're, you're saying you want to be with her, too. But you're not putting in any effort to be with her or to make her... Even show her that she matters. Anything. Any priority yeah. for her. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, because of who said it and how they said it to him, that's what pushed him. Mm-hmm. Over the season, we didn't really get a whole lot of growth from him. What no. we got is flying off the deep end literally right there at the tail which end. you know like most gifted it happens burnt out former <laughs> gifted kid. like like all of us he's he's just he's right on time for himself he finally realized the world is complete another mm-hmm. shit he was lied to and now he's acting out we all do it it's okay <laughs> it's okay we'll get through it one day we're not sure when study's out but eventually i've been told I mean, I was lied about the state of the world, too, but I'm choosing to have faith that it'll get better. I mean, yeah. I mean, we have to, or else we have nothing. Did you have any uh, last comments on Louis before we move on to the 
to Legoshi the meat. The bitch. Oh, you want to move to the bitch next? Okay, you can move to the bitch next. Yeah, because we've already we've we've already focused on every other character, so it's her turn. Okay, we can focus on her. So yeah, let's uh move on to the not gray gray wolf bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but if you like Juno, I don't trust you. I mean, fair though, because it's she's <laughs> she looked so good. From the outside initially. Not like amazing, but she looked neutral to me. Yeah. When we first see her in the series, she appears neutral. And then we see that she's a little bit weird. And I get weird, but she's like a power play woman. So this is a woman that wants power and doesn't really care what she needs to do in order to get to it. So in a lot of ways, she's very similar to Louis. They both care about the image and they both care... Mm -hmm about how the world perceives them because when we first see her she's coming in late and she's like coming in from helping a slug get somewhere like to a bathroom on time that's her answer when they're like why are you late and she's like well i was helping my friend get to the bathroom and she's a slug and you know blah 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 and they're like oh that's so nice of you that's so kind it's like she's literally anytime she speaks she has a purpose with what she's gonna say whether it's to manipulate the audience into believing her or turn a situation around to focus on herself. Like when Louie disappeared and Juno said, oh, I had some alterations done to the outfit because we need to really impress mm -hmm. since we don't have Louie. You know, again, she made her speech about herself, but because she, like, she decorated it with, like, soft flowers and softened the blow of it, it sounded like she was complimenting people and, like, you know, saying this is going to be so well, like, you know, we all have it in us. Wherein really she's like, you know, I did this to help all of us and so now you guys need to step up because i've done more than i needed to at this point you better think highly of me at this point for all this like you said well like we talked about before with her conversation with louis is again a power play she wants legacy because it's a same species relationship means that is higher pedigree which means like it's superior in their society based on the inferences we have when they talk about these issues she like she's hooked on legoshi because of the fact he's a great wolf and he's a strong great wolf because he is one he is someone taller he's broad i think she feels like she he will even soften her image even more because he just looks like a supportive person who has good intentions Mm -hmm. And so she can use that to manipulate people and be a little more callous and heartless, kind of like Louis does, because like Louis has done the same thing. He will just be a little more abrasive about it. And again, I think that in this situation, it plays into the fact like we're thinking of two different, I'm trying to think of the word for herbivores and carnivores. Like the, the grouping? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I was really trying to think of it and I was no, like- good. I was like, that was really threw me off. I was like, I was like, I have no idea what that is. But we're looking at it from both gender and different species because we have Louis, who is allowed to be more aggressive because he is a male. He's a dominant male in um, he's perceived very well. He's the most likely B star candidate in their school at that you know at the beginning of the year, especially. And then he's also a deer, so he's a herbivore, so he's technically the weaker of all of them. He's considered a prey. But then we have Juno, 
who's female, so she can't be seen as aggressive or else people won't like her as much, which ruins her chances of power later on in life. But then we have her as a carnivore, so she does have this power. Even Haru, when she sees Juno dancing, thinks, you know, carnivores have this elegance and this strength in them that you don't really see mm-hmm. when herbivores dance instead. Like, it's a presence thing. And that's why it's kind of interesting how they, the two of them fight, because like you were saying in their confrontation, like at the end, Louis kind of like owns the conversation and ends it. But it's such a power play and you didn't really know who was going to make it out of it as the winner. Yeah. It was going back and forth and you kind of saw Louis realizing he's underestimated this girl. Didn't see her as a threat, but now she's making it fully known to him like, I am a threat to you. Recognize that, but no one else is going to believe you when you tell them that I act like this to you because of the fact that I am seen as a sweetheart and that's how it needs to stay. Even when she runs after Haru, she doesn't threaten Haru physically. She just... kind of uses her stature and her abilities in the sense of like sniffing her to kind of dominate the situation and capitalize in the conversation. Yeah, I think you you really hit it on the head with specifically like her being drawn to Legacy in that he is softer, he wants to make peace. Mm-hmm. So she can literally use that. Mm-hmm. In her mind, she can make him her other half mm-hmm. so that she can act more like she wants to and he'll kind of clean up the mess. Yeah, it's been a very common uh, dynamic scene just throughout history when you see a lot of powerful women. I, and by powerful women, I mean more like the manipulative women like we see in Juno where they're all about the power mm-hmm. play. They're not really caring about the people or anything affected with it. She's very much playing into that stereotype because when they get a softer man they can play it off saying oh well my husband doesn't like this and so people are more responsive when they think that the husband's gonna get angry with them or something like that and like people are more receptive of a woman being in charge of something if they know like the husband's a stay-at-home husband because if the woman's gonna work the man at least can't work yeah. If that makes sense. Because, like, while I think she would encourage him to get higher in positions because she needs that power play, you know, it's not, it's definitely not something where she cares deeply about him specifically. Mm-hmm. She cares about what his connection to her will be and how it can play into her life. Yeah, what he can do for her. And that's why she leaves a very bad taste in people's mouths because, again, she was... It wasn't like she was my favorite, but I, I saw her, I was like, oh, okay, weird. But, like, the fact that we were focusing on her in, like, one of the first scenes with her in it it was like she's gonna play into this somehow but she's pretty neutral right now so i don't see how this is gonna work and then bam she's like essentially a very bad person she's just like the harlequin rabbit just not a a front about it basically yeah the harlequin rabbit i feel like is more definitely still uppity Mm -hmm. and high and mighty but she also realizes that she's a herbivore so she basically only deals with other herbivores and her superiority over them yes she's not going for power play yeah juno's aware of her power in general and so she's like i'm i'm just better than everybody Mm -hmm. Because like, like you're saying, you know, the Holocaust Rabbit will always have only so high she could go in that society for respect and for mm. societal status because of the fact that she is a herbivore. So even if she matches an, a carnivore point for point, the fact that the carnivore is a carnivore will win out over her. But Juno mm. 
doesn't have that limitation. So she's able to just go and do what she needs to do, but she still needs a man to back her up, basically, and say, oh, yeah, she's sweet. Oh, yes, she's a good person. You know, um, I just saw her save a baby from traffic. Whatever. And, you know, use that to double down on the fact that she's just a good person. Like, she can't be a negative thing. You know, she'll only do things right by us. Like, her showing off Lego she at the end of the festival and saying, you know, how proud... You know, all the carnivores should be. This proves that not all carnivores are bad people. If a carnivore saved a herbivore when he didn't have to, you know, he faced the whole gain and he didn't have to. But because he was a good person, he did it. And because he was carnivore, he was able to do it. So not all carnivores are bad. And so she tries to manipulate situations very much into shining a good light on her in some way. And in this situation, Mm -hmm. she was using Legacy and Haru's situation and monopolizing on it for attention for herself and for the drama club, which meant that she was gaining attention for her more power. And she would be looked up to by those in drama club because people are now looking at them differently and seeing like how much of good people they could be in this. And like the whole point of the drama club is always to, or theater club, to always get new people, get new freshman interested in doing it and such so she knows fully where what she's doing she's not like a teenage person who does understand feelings and who's learning oh this is actually a manipulation tactic this isn't how you actually handle situations it's not one of those cases it's not someone who's going to learn from this and do better later this is someone who is just this way and who will until she has a major issue come up with the situation she will continue to do this until she gets her way and that's why she wants to be a b-star she wants all that attention Like, even in her speech, she's like, you know, we're going to just keep getting better as a society. You know, this just shows that carnivores aren't bad. And, you know, we'll keep proving that we are connected as a society and that our species does not divide us. Again, she's just very manipulative. You can tell in her speech pattern. She can tell in her body language, even though it's animated. You can still tell in the body language. There's really no other way to go about it. Like, when Legoshi rejects her, she's not upset because Legoshi rejects her or because she likes him. She's, like, upset because that was a gray wolf that matched her plan. In her mind, he had no reason to say no. Not for a puny white dwarf rabbit. Yeah, I feel like you've hit it squarely on the head, and I'm not looking forward to what she has planned in season two. I am definitely someone who, if I looked at my 17-year-old self now, no, I would not like that person. But I also know that person didn't know she got exposed. She learned and she's corrected a lot of her stuff. I do not think Juno is someone who is, again, manipulative just because that's something she's seen and the only thing she knows as a pattern that can be corrected. I truly believe she's doing it because she knows and she has a purpose for it. We all say, you know, not everyone's born bad or not everyone's whatever. But I think she is someone who learned something, she's perfected it, and she's fully psychologically aware of what she's doing. I think she's mature for her age and I think she tries to again manipulate the whole situations and i think that's why she has it as a goal to become the next b star because she will manipulate her way into it that's pretty much exactly what i was gonna say that i don't believe that she is somebody who has stumbled into the ability Mm -mm. to manipulate and is just you know bumbling through life with it she came into contact with it realized it was Mm -hmm. effective perfected it 
and is pursuing what she wants with it. And truly, something um, I didn't even think about, t- we might have mentioned it before, but I don't think we actually talked about it. You know, she is a- in the theater club. And we've said before, to get mm-hmm. in there, you have to have pretty much something traumatic happen to you. Or, you know, something really devastating happen to you. Yeah, you gotta have, you a, have, backstory. To have a backstory of some kind. It has to be traumatic to most people. We don't really know what her situation is. And I don't think we will learn it until she's about to get somewhere in her plan. Yeah. Even though, like, we know Louis played it close to the chest for a lot of it, I think she's going to hold it tighter. I think the writers, is who I mean by we are, um, I think the writers are playing her so that way she's very powerful and you see even fewer weaknesses in her because of the fact she is a woman. And she's needs to play off from a different style to a point of view. Whereas, again, Louis was a herbivore, so he needed to not be seen as weak. She is a carnivore, so she can't be seen as anything aggressive, or else she will just be passed off as another negative carnivore presence in society. I don't think we'll learn a lot about her background until they're ready to push one of her plans forward in the series. But I think hers is probably not going to be so much traumatic where I will feel connected to her in some way. I think hers will be traumatic in the sense like I would feel bad for her, but she knows better. Her response to whatever it was that was traumatic Mm -hmm. wasn't like self-detrimental. It's at the expense of others. And that's a different kind of traumatic response some people see a response to trauma and they react heavy to it in the heavy sense i mean usually negative sad angry whatever she reacted as she probably saw a power play where louis saw a power play but he saw it from the point of view as the prey she saw something similar i think but she saw it as the means of the predator and so I think that's what I'm trying to say is like, I think she has something traumatic happen, but the, her trauma response was to continually exhibit the same behavior that got to the traumatic event in her own life because she found it as a way to get ahead, as a way to be more powerful as a person. Mm-hmm. I think she saw it as a little, this is the answer. And if I behave in a certain way, I can get what I want because I am powerful. And I can destroy anyone in my path to get what I want. Yeah, hit it on the head. You have physical reaction to her. She's a very hard character to discuss because she does. it's not like she has anything redeemable so far in the series that we can say. Yeah. Do not idolize Juno. Do not like Juno. If you like Juno, I would set an appointment up with your therapist because something's wrong with you, honey. If you like Juno, I don't even think therapy can help you because I don't think you would do it right. That's that's the vibe. I'm I getting. would just fear that you're not ready to address it. But I think I've covered everything I want to say about her. Because again, I, I would love to shine any light on a positive I saw. Uh, maybe one of you saw a positive and you can email us about it. Yeah, please. If you, if you find something, anything positive yeah. about her without spoiling future things, because we are aware that there's a manga, mm-hmm. we're not talking about no. that. If you could find something positive in season one about Juno, please let us know. I appreciate the writers because they made a character I really can't stand. And it's hard to do that a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm great at being able to sympathize. Yeah, me and him are very good on gray areas. But you made a gray wolf that is not gray at all for us. <laughs> Or at all. all. I think for the series as a whole, it would have even worked better if the lion was Louis' dear daddy. (laughs) Okay, taking that criticism. What do you got? (laughs) At this point, I really don't think I would have changed anything. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just as 
a season as a whole, uh, you, you already know, I'm sure all of y'all can already guess. I absolutely loved it from the first time I picked it up, and I just really can't wait for season two. And if it comes out really close to my birthday, I will personally assume it's a birthday present. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. I think it's a very good show. I did not expect to like it because all I saw about it was that it was furry porn. <laughs> I think you set told me about it and then I was like, all right, I'll check out furry porn. Yeah. So it's like, it's so much more than furry porn, but it's also furry <laughs> porn. Yeah. So for me, it's like, it's a good show. Again, I can relate to most of the characters somehow or feel something towards each character. I even feel something towards the hen who lays the eggs for the egg sandwiches. Yeah. She just wants to do her job. Well, she's a future burnout gifted kid. <laughs> burned out former <laughs> gift kid. We're just watching ourselves happen. It's just like, oh, honey, you don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, the world's gonna rise up and it's gonna hit you right on the fucking face. Something good to remember, though, they are supposed to be high schoolers, so mental mm. maturity is not there. It's very evident in some of the situations. Again, the writers play it off correctly, which is they're teenagers. But if you're an adult watching it, you know, just remember they're teenagers. So it's like, that's a stupid decision. Well, they're 17-year-olds. Think about when you were 17 and then stop. You probably weren't making the best yeah. choices. Yeah, overall, I think it's a good show. So we recommend it. I do not know, like, what to expect next season, to be honest. Mm -mm. Again, we're in America, so I think season two's already premiered um, in Japan. Yeah, it was, like, January, yeah. I think. So, um, it doesn't premiere here until um, July. So, when it hits, it's gonna, it's gonna be probably not a big deal here, except for the people I follow on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok and, like, my coworkers mm -hmm. and the few people on Twitter... Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of like when we saw that TikTok where it was like, why is it Bo Burnham's inside special topping the charts? <laughs> like, not not. Yeah, trending. why is it not trending on the charts yet? And they're like, oh, I'm on the mentally ill side of TikTok. Oh, fuck. Different demographic. <laughs> Which, relatable. Oh, you want, to, you want to do something special for this ending, though. I don't know if we have time. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know if we have time. We could do an amendment to it at some point. Yeah, I will go ahead and say, because I would like to include a few more, like from maybe second season, okay. but through one of our random conversations after recording one of the other three episodes, I decided it would be a good idea to draw up natal charts for the main characters. So yeah, look forward to that because we do plan on covering season two at mm -hmm. some point. So we might do it then. Yeah, definitely. You know, tell us what you guys are thinking about season one. But then like, let us know. Definitely. You know, as season two comes out, just email us or tweet us about what you think our theories are going. What you think we should start really refocusing on for the second season's episodes and things like that. So that way we kind of address what you guys want to hear about it. But, you know, we'll see how many people are into uh, this furry porn. So... <laughs> I do want to go on record and say I am very much into Beastars and I will talk about Beastars with anybody this is true. for as long as they let me. This is very true. He will do this. I will too. I, I just, <laughs> he, he throws himself at people for it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you think. I know we both really enjoyed prepping, making notes and recording this little mini series. Definitely. Been really nice. Not really a sad note, but uh, the next episode you're hearing after this one will be the season finale for season one. Of our, our little shindig we got going. We're trying to make it special. Yes. But that'll be out a week or two after this goes out. 
again, we do hope that you enjoyed the episode. We almost always enjoy making these. But yeah, you can email us at jadedrosespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Jaded Roses Podcast. Twitter is Jaded Roses with an underscore at the end of it. On that Twitter page, you'll also find our individual handles. So you can follow us individually for different sorts of content. And yeah, we also... Uh, do have our TikTok up. I need to work on posting on there. Say, but mention our TikTok. <laughs> yeah, well, mm-hmm. we'll get there. I guess until uh, next time, we are pretty, we are thorny, and we are very much over this bullshit. Stay thorny, y'all. Bye. Bye.